Hello, everyone. My name is Timothy Aaron, your host of Mouth Sword Ministries, and I'm joined with Rhonda Kay. And uh, we're going to do some more questions. Uh, but first, we're going to uh, open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for all you have done for us. Thank you for food, clothing, shelter, mercy, grace, uh, all your provisions, Lord. We don't take what you do for us for granted. We know it's because of you we are where we are. And we thank you for all that you have done. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, um, we're going to take some more questions uh, concerning the word of God. Uh, the word of God is the priority of life. So it is important for the people of God to always uh, look to the word of God for direction and for understanding. So um, what questions do you have for me today? Okay, my first question is, is water baptism still necessary? Is water baptism still necessary? And I don't think so. I think uh, water baptism was a type and shadow back in the days of John the Baptist. Um, John the Baptist, he said even himself, he said, um, he said, I baptize with water. He said, but one that comes after me, he will baptize with Holy Ghost and with fire. He said that to Matthew chapter three, verse 11. So he said himself that he was like given a foreshadow of the real baptism with water. And um, so it was just to be like a like a type of shadow or an example of the real baptism to come. And so when Jesus came and died on the cross for the sins of the world, and then when we um, accept him as Lord and Savior, then we become baptized in the spirit. And so that's the real baptism, the spirit. And I know. Here we are still 2000 years today, still water baptizing. And I think it's because we really don't get it. We really don't understand. Now, uh, let me say this. I noticed that when you read the book of Acts, you know, um, uh, Peter and the disciples, they go around preaching and teaching the word. And then they, they water baptize people. And um, and so it seemed like water baptizing was still necessary when you read the book of Acts. But one time Peter was preaching in uh, Acts chapter 10 and uh, he was preaching to some Gentiles and uh, they got filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, and, uh, and and they was all shocked because they wasn't even water baptized and he couldn't understand it. And it confused Peter. And um, so Peter still got out the water anyway and had him water baptized. <clears throat> But um, Peter goes on to say, um, he says uh, in, um, what is it, Acts chapter 11, he says, then he remembered, Acts chapter 11, verse 15, he says, then he remembered uh, that, um, that John baptized with water, John the Baptist, he says, but Jesus baptized with the Holy Ghost. Okay, so then it, it was almost like the scale fell off Peter's eyes all the way up until Acts chapter 11. 
So he was baptized with water, baptized with water. And then in chapter 11, he, it became clear to him that it's really about Holy Spirit baptism. So, uh, and then after that chapter, you don't see Peter baptizing with water no more. So um, it seemed to be a, a point of confusion even back then. Was water baptism still necessary? But it don't don't appear to be. And even in uh, Acts chapter nineteen, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and read that one. Um, Acts chapter nineteen, starting in verse one, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, and he said unto them, Have ye received? The Holy Ghost said she believed and they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. And then um, and then Paul said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. So they were water baptized only. They, they never, you know, received the Holy Ghost. And then so Paul uh, said, Verily I say unto you that John baptized of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, talking about Jesus. And that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So, the, the whole point of baptism was to be baptized of the spirit, you know, in Jesus name. It was it wasn't really about water. That was just a foreshadow of the spirit. So, um, no, baptized water baptism isn't really necessary. Um, I like what the Apostle Paul said in first Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. He said, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body whether we be Jew or Gentile whether we be bond or free and have been all made to drink into one spirit so it's about the spirit so when Jesus gave the great commission at the end of Matthew he said uh, go ye therefore and teach all nations and baptizing them now if water baptism is of John and spiritual baptism is on Jesus, and Jesus gave the commission to go and baptize, then Jesus was talking about in the spirit, not of water. Okay. okay. All right. Um, what other questions do you have for me? Who are the two witnesses? Who are the two witnesses? Okay, that's a good one. Um, I believe the two witnesses that we read about in um, Revelations chapter 11 are going to be uh, a reincarnation of Daniel, the prophet, and John, the disciple. And the reason why I say that is because in uh, Daniel chapter 12, uh, an angel tells Daniel, that he's going to stand in his lot at the last day. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and go there and read that right quick. Daniel chapter 12. 
And uh, let's read verse 9. And this is an angel talking to Daniel. And he, he told Daniel, he said, and go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. And then you go down to verse 13. He says, but go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. So I believe the angel is letting Daniel know that his work ain't over and that he's going to have a role in the end times. And I think he's going to be one of the two witnesses. And then when you go to Revelations chapter 10, uh, John takes this book. This angel tells him to take a book and eat it. And uh, when he ate it, it was in his mouth, sweet. And then when he swallowed it, it was in his belt. When he got in his belly, it was bitter. And I believe that is a picture of the final seven years. The first three and a half years is going to be sweet. It's going to be the time of the church. It's going to be great revival. And then when he swallowed it, I, I believe that's the reflection of the last three and a half years. It's going to be a bitter time. It's going to be the time of the Antichrist and the Great Tribulation. But let's read uh, what the last uh, two verses say. He says, and I took the little book out of the angel's hand and I ate it. And it was in my mouth, sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And then um, and he said unto me, thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Now, when the angel told John this, John was an old man. He was an old man that was uh, exiled on the island of Patmos as a punishment. So he was at the end of his natural life pretty much, but the angels letting him know that he still has more work to do. So this is why I believe John is gonna be one of the other two witnesses. So Daniel and John is my guess. Okay. Uh, what other questions do you have for me? Do Christians still need to keep the Sabbath? The Sabbath? Okay. Testing. Okay. Um, the next question was, do Christians still need to keep the Sabbath? Okay. And uh, that's a really good question because a lot of people think that uh, we are still supposed to keep the Sabbath, remember the Sabbath, and keep it holy. Um, that was an Old Testament law of Moses that he had put on the people uh, back then. But uh, you have to understand, when Jesus came on the scene, Jesus um, represented the New Testament, the New Covenant. And uh, Jesus taught us that we didn't have to keep the Sabbath no more. He said he became the Sabbath for us. Uh, same thing with circumcision. He became our circumcision. You know, you, in the Old Testament on the eighth day, it was where the males had to be circumcised uh, eight days after they were born. But the Apostle Paul taught us that uh, when you accept Jesus Christ as your, as your Lord and Savior, you, you are circumcised of the heart. Okay. So uh, they are very similar. Uh, the Sabbath is the same way. Uh, 
my favorite passage to answer this question would be Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 11. And I'm going to go there real quick. It's just about three or four verses I'm going to read. It's not going to be the whole chapter, but it's just, um, it just, it just gets right down to the point. And, um, let's go to verse 27 and we're going to read down to verse 30. He says, uh, all things are delivered unto me of my father. In other words, God gave Jesus all power, all power. So whatever Jesus said, whatever Jesus established, whatever Jesus determined was was the new word, was the new word of God. You know, no longer was it about Moses. It was about Jesus. OK, he says, and no man knoweth the son. But the father, neither knoweth any man the father, save the son. And he to whomsoever the son will reveal him. Now, verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Okay. That's what the Sabbath was for. It was for rest. The seventh day of the week, Saturday, you were supposed to rest from your labor and it was against the Old Testament law. If you didn't rest and you worked, you can be stoned in the Old Testament. But Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest there's the word rest again unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now let's go uh, go on to the next chapter, verse one, chapter 12, verse one. And then it says, and at that time, right after Jesus said this at that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the cornfields and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. See, he just liberated the disciples and, and the disciples understood that Jesus had the power to liberate them from the Sabbath, from the Old Testament uh, law of the Sabbath. So, no, we don't have to keep the Sabbath anymore. It is covered once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, that was... Um, some good questions. I guess we will stop right there. And until next time, uh, if you have any questions or comments and you uh, want to contact us, you can contact us at T Aaron at thief in the night ministries.com. That's T Aaron at thief in the night ministries.com. And uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, and with that being said, do you have anything else to add? I kind of had one question. Go ahead. I wanted to know, okay, you said the Sabbath is on a Saturday instead of Sunday. Good question. Good question. Um, yeah, that's, that's when the Sabbath was originally um, in the beginning of creation. When God did all his work, he rested on the seventh day, which was Saturday. And a lot of people think because we go to church on Sunday, church is the Sabbath. But no, it was actually Saturday. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. okay. Sunday is the first day of the week. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Anything else? 
No. All right. So I guess we're going to end in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you once again for being so merciful and so kind and so patient with us. We thank you for all that you have done for us. And, and we ask that if there be anyone out there who is listening to this show that is in need of a blessing, that is in need of a touch from you, that you meet them where they are and help them and uh, fix their situation right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you for what you have done and we thank you for what you're going to do. These things we thank and praise you in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.